Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hi, Red O'Loughlin here on Talking Heads on the USA Global TV and radio network. I'm from the Houston, Texas area, and we're going to be following up on last week's uh, part two on pain and pain management. So, Dr. Jacqueline, if you'll bring up the first slide, then we'll get busy and, and start going from there. Let me see if I can make that just a little bit bigger on my end. Yes, fantastic. As I said a minute ago, U.S. Global TV and Radio, uh, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, we're live streaming. My wife uh, watches these things religiously. She saw the last program, and I can't wait to get my critique from her for this program. Uh, disclaimer, I'm a researcher. I research the human body at the cellular level. Chemically speaking, I look for cause and effect relationships. Treat a cause, fix a problem. Treat a symptom, and you'll always be treating symptoms. I do not give out medical advice. I do not give out treatment advice. I tell people things that are the awareness and education. Those are the two things that I concentrate on. And with the information I give you, uh, take notes, whatever, and you're allowed to, you're able, not allowed to, you're able to communicate with your doctor and say, well, what about this? Or what about that? Uh, in some cases, maybe there might be something that it's better to ask your pharmacist than your doctor. But regardless, I provide a lot of good information. But again, it's educational in nature, and that's what it's intended to be. Last week, we talked about pain. We described a lot of different kinds of pain. Uh, and I really tried not to go into the solution or the options or pain management, as I call it. But today, that's what we're going to talk about is how do you manage pain? Uh, there's a lot of things out there. Pain is an unpleasant sensation somewhere in our body. Uh, may or may not be coupled with an, some kind of emotional experience at the same time. But that pain is there for a reason because it allows the body to react properly through the autoimmune response and recover. Oh, let's see here. <clears throat> we talk about pain management. There's several different kinds of pain. You have chronic pain. Uh, chronic pain is basically an acute pain, something that's sharp, but lasts a long, long time. Uh, generally speaking, if something's not over in about 10 days, two weeks, you probably ought to talk to your doctor about it because most things in our body in 10 days to two weeks our bodies can take care of themselves. If you have a runny nose that goes on for three or four or five weeks, go see your doctor. If you have pain in your shoulder, your lower back, your foot, whatever, and it's there for you know three or four weeks, probably whatever you're doing is not working, go see your doctor. Uh, if you have surgery, my wife just had some, uh, and or you have an injury, that's kind of one of those things that yes, you can have chronic pain for longer than, than a week or two. Uh, in my wife's case, we used a lot of uh, what I consider getting to the heart of matter. Look at the way the pain process starts in the body. And when you look at A to B to C to D to E, if you can cut it off at a certain point in time, you minimize the pain that you get. You maximize the recovery time. And she went through some 
fairly major surgery. She had to remain in overnight, but she had zero pain. I mean, she walks out of the hospital. Uh, other than one time I hit a speed bump a little too hard, and all of a sudden she said, yeah, she let me know that was not the right thing to do. Uh, but literally, she went through that and had no problems at all. And But again, it's knowing what you can do and, and working with your doctor for it. Referral pain, we mentioned that the last time. Uh, we talked about acute and we talked about chronic, but we also talked about referral. If I injure my shoulder, that's a shoulder injury. But if I have shoulder pain, it may be coming from my gallbladder or somewhere else because it's a referral pain. The source of the pain is not in the shoulder. The shoulder actually picks up the pain. Uh, when we look at our gallbladder, you have some ducts down there and some, it's called a, a phrenic nerve. And that phrenic nerve comes all the way up to the shoulder, runs up along the side, actually my right side, up the side of my neck, into my head, runs down my arm, actually runs down to my leg. And so if that phrenic nerve is pinched uh, and it's going to manifest itself as some kind of pain, I'm going to be feeling it in my right shoulder because that's where that kind of pain comes from. Same thing, lower back. It might be a kidney. It might be an ovary. It might be a, 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 test, uh, a uh, testicle issue, a lot prostate issue. It may be a lot of things, but the actual pain manifests itself in some part of the body, but that's not where it's generated from. So if you have a headache, you have elbow pain, just just because you have pain doesn't mean the pain was caused by something. Unless you know what it was. You reach into the trunk of your car and you're picking up an 80-pound bag of cement, which I've done, and all of a sudden my lower back just screams because I was not doing it safely. That way I know that I caused that pain. I know exactly what happened. And we're going to talk about lower back pain here in a little bit. There may be some diabetic pain. Uh, a lot of autoimmune diseases uh, result in some kind of pain. You know, rheumatoid arthritis is one, and we'll talk about the difference between rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis because they have literally the same kind of pain, but two different sources, two different treatments. And we just talked about arthritis. So that being the case, let's come up here. Body heals with scar tissue. So you get an injury and you're probably going to have some scar tissue. You have surgery, you're going to have some scar tissue. Uh, sometimes an injury may occur and you may have smashed ligaments, tendons, nerves, whatever, and it may be a permanent damage in a, a certain area. Uh, but that is the way the body works. And if you know you have scar tissue, my wife had surgery on rotator cuff. Well, part of that, she had some adhesions that were there, scar tissue, so to speak. They had to go back in, put her back under the anesthetic and whip her arm all over to break those adhesions. So scar tissue is something that's expected and it's something that may cause pain. But again, it, and in this particular case, that scar tissue takes a while to build up. So you may recover fine, everything's going good. And then all of a sudden, a while later, it might be months, it might be years, you're starting to get that pain in, in some area that, well, you know, I had surgery there three years ago, but I can't imagine that that's all healed up. Uh, so if you're looking at something and it's a persistent, long lasting pain, Chances are whatever you're doing, aspirin, Advil, whatever, is not working. Probably need to see your doctor, as I mentioned earlier. It may also be a referral pain. The pain you're treating is the pain in the shoulder, for instance, but the actual pain is coming from an organ in the body. And that's a different kind of animal. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Sometimes our pains are misdiagnosed. So you have a solution. Here's what the doctor says to take, but it's not working. And 
So that misdiagnosis is the fact that they are treating the symptom area, but they're not treating the source of the pain. So as I mentioned in my opening statement, I look for the cause, treat a cause, fix a problem. Uh, I had, oh, I was sitting in a bus at Cecil Field, Florida, waiting to go to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. And the airplane was delayed and they wouldn't let us off for heaven only knows. I'm sitting there for about two, maybe three hours. I'm cramped in a, in a military bus and I get off the bus and I can barely walk. Uh, and I think, well, you know, I've just been sitting too long, but my knee hurt a lot. And I get down into uh, Cuba, went to the hospital down there and they really couldn't find anything. My knee problem kind of went away. Uh, in fact, it went away enough. I had gone to Cuba because I wanted to do a lot of walking. My sister was uh, down there. She's a civilian contractor working. And I went down there. My wife and I were going to walk the Camino de Santiago, a 500-mile walk across Spain. We actually did it in 30 days. And my knee had more, no problem at all. I come back a little bit later. And one of the things that I do now, my own exercise regimen, is I do 100-yard dashes, each one faster than the previous and I'll do 10 or 12 or maybe 15, depending on a number of factors. But after two years, all of a sudden, my knee started acting up and it wouldn't get better. And so I finally went in, talked to the doctor. Uh, he sent me to an orthopedic surgeon. They took uh, MRI and they found out that I had a meniscus tear. Well, I didn't know that. But in the process, I was compensating a lot. I was limping. And when you start limping, the the muscles are, are there. It's almost like one leg is shorter than the other one and your gait is different. Everything is. But when you start having a compensation for a pain, whether it's a hip, a joint, a knee, a knee, an ankle, all of a sudden now you're bringing different other muscles into play. And that compensation really creates a major problem because the pains on one side, you're compensating with it, not necessarily with a crutch or a cane, but you're compensating by limping along. Well, I went ahead, had the surgery. Everything was fine. Uh, for 70 something year old, I was literally, I had recovery in about 21 days. I was, the guy was really amazed, my physical therapist. But the one thing I noticed was the fact that, yeah, I could walk fine, but I, the, my balance, I could not stand on that knee for less than about a half a second. So I had to start concentrating on balance. Uh, again, getting the muscles in my right leg back to where they were over a year before. And so there's a lot of exercise I had to do to get that balance back. And I was finally able to get 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes that I could stand on that one. The other one was a strengthened leg just because I was compensating by using my left leg. Uh, my daughter and I would work out together at the gym and there's a bench press where you lay on your back and you push outward with it. Well, you know, we're doing around 250 pounds, rough order magnitude, both of us. And I could sit there and do that with both legs, but I said, Michelle, take some weight off that, that side. Let me just see what I can do with my right leg. And I was amazed. I could barely push 25 pounds with my right leg, which really meant that I was pushing everything using my left leg. So a lot of things that we have an imbalance, if it's for a long period of time, it's going to take a long period of time to recover from it. So that is a major portion. So if you're in that, 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 that issue, beware of it. Let's talk about some pain hacks. Uh, opposite side treatment, where there's two of them we're going to talk about, a mirror image. Let's say that I have my elbow and I look in the mirror and my my elbow that I'm looking at right now on TV was on my left side. So what you end up doing is you don't treat the side that you actually have pain on. You treat the opposite side, your mirror image, whether it be your knee, your ankle, your 
uh, hip, it doesn't matter. You treat the opposite side. So I go over here and I start trying to find that exact point where the pain is existing on my opposite side. And generally speaking, if you find that exact place, it's going to let you know, hey, that's a little sore than normal. And it shouldn't be, but it is. And so you start massaging that area. You press in, you kind of move things around a little bit. You take that really sore area and you give it a little bit of muscle massage. And then you kind of work your way up the body, the muscles that are attached to that one. You start giving some, some pressure into those areas. That's an opposite side mirror image of that particular injury on the body. Why does it work? I don't know. Do most doctors know about it? No, but it works. But it's an opposite side pressure and massage of that injury you have somewhere in your body. And that's a very effective way of treating some kinds of pain. Shoulder pains can be caused by a lot of different things. But let's say that it's actually a shoulder issue and not a gallbladder issue. <clears throat> that shoulder pain can be treated the same way. Think of it as a mirror image. We're going to go to the left side, but not to the left shoulder. We're actually going to go to the left calf. Uh, because of the way the body is wired uh, electron uh, neuropathically, that you actually have the connections in your left calf to your right shoulder. And so you start massaging the left calf and you start low and you work your way up the gastrocnemius muscle and you start giving that pressure a little massage. And you'll find that the pain, if you start ahead of time, say, yeah, maybe it's an eight or nine out of 10. You massage your left calf and you say, well, you know, maybe it's down around a four or five or maybe a six. It, trust me, it works. Don't ask me why. I don't know. I wish I could tell you. Uh, now, if you have a gallbladder problem and your right sh shoulder is hurting, that may not necessarily solve it because a gallbladder problem is caused by inflammation of the gallbladder or a pinched duct or pinched nerve down there. And that is really treated because of you have an inflammation in the gallbladder. And this may take a long time, months or years to develop over time to get to the point that you're really having a problem. But that gallbladder, uh, one of the things that uh, one of who's one, uh, Dr. Berg is one of my favorite people to go to. He's got a lot of good videos on all sorts of things, but pain is one of them. He's got dozens, it seems like dozens. Uh, but he's saying that you go on a keto diet, and I guess one of my slides down the road, you want to do away with inflammatory foods take that in inflammation in the body and I'll be talking about some anti-inflammatories here in a very, very short order of time. And you're starting to reduce the inflammation in that gallbladder, which will reduce the pain in the right shoulder. Uh, sometimes a shoulder stretch, you get the scapula, that's that uh, part of your, your back. If you sit in a, a full metal folding chair and you put your back in there where you just get that clavicle just right over the top and you start trying to force your, 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 your entire shoulder up, by slouching and, and forcing that up, you're getting a, a stretch. It's called a scapular stretch. Uh, you can see this on YouTube. Uh, that's some ways to really, really works to, to wear on a shoulder on both sides. Sometimes you have a nose injury, uh, no matter how it happens. Well, you have a lot of swelling and there's little muscles right next to each one. So if you take and you're starting to push on the, on the little muscles on the outside, because that tissue in there, the, the trauma that happened is kind of stuck in there and you got to get rid of it. So you're, you're kind of pushing it out and then you push it out on both sides and you push it down from the top. Uh, there's, again, a lot of good videos on this. Um, and the same thing works when you may have an injury on one side of the head, you go to the opposite side of the head, 
the little bones up here, they're called sutures. Uh, you push on the opposite side, and there's a lot of good information on the on the videos. So that's one that we don't hear about very often, but it's a good pain hack. Uh, let's talk about low back pain. It could be caused by a number of things, but literally the number one reason that people have low back pain is we're sitting too long. You drive to work, you sit at work, you come home, you sit, watch TV, you sit in the office catching up on things, uh, you sit and read. Uh, a lot of times we're sitting there and maybe we're humped over the computer or a lot of things are shifting. When we look at our legs, we have our quadriceps and we have our psoas. There are quadriceps in the back of the, uh, the, the thigh and our psoas muscles right there in our, our pelvic area. And they're tensors. They're, they're meant to be under tension. You're sitting, you're taking all the tension off. You're sitting on your glutes and you're kind of pressing them down. So you stand up after an hour or so. And I find this, I sit here in my office and I'll get up to walk downstairs and I got to take it really easy hanging on because walking from here to the stairs is about 10 feet away. And unless I try to do something to do a little bit of a stretch and I may want to do a quadriceps stretch, I may want to do just to kind of get those muscles back into some kind of flexing. And that is a something that you need to be aware of. You just can't stand up, and especially the older you get, uh, becomes even more of a problem. So if you're looking for something to try to minimize back pain, get involved with a regular stretching program. And again, Dr. Google, Dr. YouTube have some really good programs that are out there. If you're already on some pain medicine for a lower back injury, Talk to your doctor first before you start doing any kind of stretching. Number two reason that people have low back pain is vitamin D3 deficiency. Now, Dr. Berg says 20, 30, 40,000 IUs. That's a lot of IUs. Uh, is it too much? No, because you're only doing it for a short period of time. Generally speaking, you may actually feel lower back pain relief in as, in as short as an hour or two. Uh, now, this is not something you're going to be doing for months on end. Uh, but yes, you can increase your vitamin D3 levels up. Summertime, I'm usually about 10,000 a day for myself. Wintertime, I go 20,000 a day. And when I get my vitamin D3 levels tested in blood, it's usually somewhere above 80 nanograms per milliliter, which is really where I want to be. Uh, during COVID, I kept my winter level up through the summer, and my uh, vitamin D3 levels were over 100, 108 actually. Uh, and that's kind of where I want to keep them. I want to above 80. I talked earlier about my knee injury. Sometimes we have an asymmetrical compensation. We don't know one, one leg is longer than the other. Uh, we don't know that, that things are just kind of off a little bit. You walk, you look at somebody who's walking and it just looks a little weird. So sometimes that when things are asymmetrical, they're causing a compensation on the opposite side of where the pain is at. And that is a, a major problem. A lower back pain, uh, could be down in the spine, but because in the lower back, but because the spine's connected to the upper back, that upper back problem may be manifesting itself down into the lower back. And so there may be some issues up here in the upper back that need to be addressed. Uh, from a referral perspective, kidney stones, prostate, ovary issues are things that will cause lower back problems. Okay, let's talk about some, some pain management options. Um, I'm not a doctor. I don't, I prefer to stay away from uh, opioids or any kind of pain medicine. Uh, there's too many issues there with addiction, uh, too many issues with side effects, uh, just a lot of issues there. So if you can get something that's a natural pain relief, great. Fasting, 
fasting is probably one of the, the healthiest things you can do. Fasting allows the body to relax, to recover, to do the things it needs to do. And you're not putting extra sugars and everything into the body. I do a 72 hour fast every month. It usually ends up being 100, 120, 150 hours. But it's something I do because it resets the immune system right back to, to ground zero. But fasting, if you're having some, some pains and you can't seem to get rid of them, you know, add a little bit of intermittent fasting to your to your regimen because maybe doing 15 or 18 hours a day of fasting, you can still eat, but then again, you're allowing the body to do what it needs to do. By fasting, I mean unsweet iced tea or water, nothing else. Now, if you add a squeeze of lemon or something to a glass of water, is that a big deal? It's not going to cause a metabolic response for one or two calories that you sip over a half hour. I've been photiamine is a synthetic vitamin B1, uh, but it's fat soluble. And in that particular regard, it's really being used very effectively against uh, diabetic pain, the pain that people have in their peripheral neuropathy, a very, very good pain relief kind of things. We talked about vitamin D3. Again, Dr. Berg says 20 to, to 40,000, um, and that seems to work fairly well. Uh, stinging nettle root, and again, this is the root, and he particularly prefers the freeze-dried that you buy in the jar. Uh, that is because that one, again, is a super anti-inflammatory, uh, and when you're looking at particular kinds of pain, that one is probably what he considers his number one go-to medicine. DMSO, this has been around forever and ever and ever, dimethyl sulfoxide. Um, I heard about it oh, probably back in the 70s. Uh, I knew some people who were using it. Uh, it's, it's a liquid. It could be put into a cream, very easily available. Most of these things are under $20 a bottle. Uh, and dimethyl sulfoxide literally just goes right through the skin, right into the muscles. And it's a major anti-inflammatory. Uh, if you were looking for something that works nearly instantly, DMSO is something to look at. But again, talk to your pharmacist, talk to your doctor, especially if you're on some kind of prescription med. I mentioned keto earlier. Keto is getting the the sugar levels in the body down because most of what you're eating are protein and um, and carbohydrate uh, protein and fats. We mentioned. Let's see here. Do I get two slides the same? Okay. Hang on one second. I didn't think I had two slides the same, but apparently I did. Okay. Let's talk about um, other things that are in there that will also work. When we talk about immune system response, I talked about this last week because when you have an injury, let's say that I, I jam my thumb in something, all of a sudden, if I don't do anything, there's pain. There's going to be swelling. That's the autoimmune response. The swelling is to keep outside infections out. It really blocks everything from getting there. You're going to have redness. You're going to have soreness. You're going to have heat. That's the body's normal response. What happens is you have a couple of different enzymes that are in the body. One's active all the time, cyclooxygenase 1, COX-1. Uh, it's there for a number of reasons. And when you start using an anti-inflammatory prescription med or non-prescription over-the-counter uh, that might contain Advil or acetaminophen or aspirin, you're causing the COX-1, which is a very beneficial, very healthy thing, to keep in, you're, you're causing problems with the COX-1 enzyme because what it does is that instant you jam your thumb, you activate a, a different COX enzyme, COX-2. Cyclooxygenase 2 is dormant until it's needed. All of a sudden, the jamming causes trauma. 
that trauma causes the autoimmune response that causes uh, arachidonic acid to activate the COX-2 enzyme. And that's when everything starts to happen. But if you can cause shut off, inhibit, don't allow the arachidonic acid to activate COX-2, then you're great. I mentioned last week, there's only a couple of molecules I've seen that do this. One of them is called uh, gamma mangostin. It's a xanthone from the mangosteen plant, usually found in the outside pericarp and the rind. If you're looking for a mangosteen uh, drink, look for something that has a whole fruit mangosteen in it. Uh, curcumin is another one. It's a very good anti-inflammatory, but not very bioavailable. As such, you get in the body, but not much gets there. So make sure if you're using uh, the curcumin or turmeric that has piperine, black pepper extract. It makes about 2,000% more bioavailable. It also activates and makes more bioavailable resveratrol, which is another very, very good uh, anti-inflammatory. Uh, There's a couple things that, uh, that are available. You may hear commercials about relief factor or cytoquel. And when you look at the ingredients, it's omega-3s, it's curcumin, uh, it's uh, resveratrol. It's, it's the natural anti-inflammatory. So if the cause of the pain is an inflammation from an injury, probably going to work pretty well. Um, one of the things that I love to use is called EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. I like Brad Yates. You go in, in, onto YouTube, type in EFT, Pain Relief, Brad Yates. Brad, I like the way he does his EFT. Basically, it's, it's, a, it's a tapping mantra of, of different parts of the body. And you're touching the acupuncture acupressure points in the body with a certain mantra. I find for me, I need at least eight minutes of constant tapping and saying this mantra for me to be effective for me. It's just that's the way I work. Uh, it, whether you want it for pain relief, you want it for concentration, you want it for sleep. You know, I, I use it when I cross over 10 or 15 or time zones. I used to go from one side of the world to the other and back usually in three or four days. And I would use EFT to, to kind of help get my sleep cycle back in. Acupressure. That's just taking a part of the body and pre applying pressure. Not uncomfortable pressure, but almost uncomfortable. When you're looking at pain, you have several areas. One is right here along the clavicle. If you get to your clavicle bone and go about halfway, not on the bone itself, but actually almost midway and you push in and you know if you're having a physical therapist do it they may do it for 30 seconds a minute or longer but if you're doing it for yourself you know five ten seconds and you want it almost uncomfortable but you want it to have a little bit of pressure there uh, and again that does a very good job of pain relief another one is right here in the little web of your your hand your thumb that that little web area there on the muscle part not not the place where it's actually webby but that, that muscle, put some pressure there from both sides. And that's a very good pain relief. I also use another one right there. Right, I use the knuckle and I go right under my nose, right above my teeth. There's a little pressure point there that I find is really good for headaches. Uh, I get about one, one a year. I rarely use uh, anything anymore. Uh, but another one is, is right there in the, in the, where the thumb joins the wrist. There's a wrist one there. Uh, but there's several different pressure points. Another one is right up here in the, uh, the scapular area. And if you, you have a problem and that's really tight, you're going to feel it. You can feel one side to the other. You know, that, that you just go ahead and dig your fingers in there and just kind of push. And, and if it's really tender, uh, and again, if your pain's on the right side, 
to the opposite side. Uh, acupuncture, uh, my wife was recovering from her shoulder injury, shoulder surgery. Uh, she, the therapy wasn't working. Uh, somebody suggested to me acupuncture. I found one that was nearby and they charged me a very low amount because it wasn't part of my uh, insurance program. She went through about 10 half hour sessions of acupuncture and she had about 30% ability to lift her arm up, not even even with the, the horizon. But by the time she was done, she probably had 95% or a little bit more of full recovery. Um, other thoughts, CRP, C-reactive protein. If you have a lot of inflammation in the body, a blood test, a very simple one. Just go down to a local lab, CRP. Uh, it's going to tell you whole body inflammation. So if you are having a problem and it just is not working out, maybe one of your organs is having an issue. CRP might be a good thing to tell your doctor about. Hey, I had a CRP and my level was uh, 15, whatever. It should be as close to zero as possible. Sometimes we have these little headache things. There's the thing called the lymphatic massage. The lymphatic massage is basically moving that fluid, particularly when you have a, a cold or the flu. You get a lot of buildup and it, it causes a, a lot of pressure. You have to get rid of the, the fluid. And the first thing you do is right under the collarbone, you're going to get start pushing some fluid from the neck under the collarbones. And then you're going to come up and you're going to start moving that down. And then you come up a little bit further. Again, a lot of good information on uh, YouTube with regard to how to do a lymphatic massage. But it moves that lymphatic fluid and you get rid of it and it's going to stay gone for a while and then it'll blow back up. But it's a real good way of, of treating that. Dry eye, I have dry eye. If I'm driving for a while in the car, air conditioner or the air conditioner in my room, I have to be very careful because very easily it dries things out. Well, what happens as we get older, parts of our bodies don't work as well. So the little area around the eyelids that lets out fluid to keep the eyes moist, it's not letting out as much fluid. Well, I was using eye drops, but it's kind of inconvenient sometimes. But I found if I do a series of five or six just blinks, and then wait a couple of seconds, blink some more, you know, 20, 25, 30 blinks. That's enough usually to get some fluid on the eye. And within a minute or two, that's generally enough to get rid of 90% of the, the eye pain that I might have from a dry eye. Uh, another one I use preferably for me is I push the muscle in an opposite direction of where it is. So if I have back pain and they're trying to push on the back and push you down and stretch that muscle, the muscles don't always stretch the way you think they do. <clears throat> so, if I have my wife or my daughter pushing on my back and I go in the opposite direction, so in other words, I'm bent over and their, and their hands are on my shoulders and I'm pushing back, I'm stretching that muscle in the opposite direction. That is an extremely good stretch. And I find out that I can, <clears throat> I can get up and walk around much. That pain level really goes away almost instantly. Part of the autoimmune response uh, for uh, rheumatoid arthritis versus osteoarthritis is that if we have a reaction to gluten, gluten in the uh, stomach tract, in the abdominal tract, causes zonulin to overgrow. Zonulin is a almost mirror image of gluten. And when you look at, no, not mirror, zonulin and the uh, dairy molecule uh, are almost mirror images of each other. So when you have a gluten sensitivity or intolerance, you may also have a dairy sensitivity or intolerance. But zonulin is another molecule in the gut that opens up microscopic pores so that the digested foods, minerals, and, and can pass through into your immune system and into your bloodstream. 
and in the presence of in the presence of gluten, sometimes zonulin overgrows, makes huge holes, and all that deluge that is in there that should not be going into the immune system should not be going into the bloodstream is there. Uh, so if I were treating rheumatoid arthritis, I would probably look at seriously lowering my gluten levels to near nothing, uh, lowering my dairy to near nothing. And that was good for rheumatoid arthritis, but for osteoarthritis doesn't do a thing, but found that type two undenatured chicken collagen, and yes, you can buy it in pills, uh, is a mirror image of human collagen. And as such, when collagen is first seen by the body, the body's never seen it before. Autoimmune response is going to go in. You're going to end up with that swelling, the pain, the everything's associated as if it were injured. So you may have bone on bone kind of osteoarthritis because of wear out over a long period of time or some injury you had earlier that gradually wears out. Type 2 undenatured chicken collagen taken for about 90 to 120 days daily. Just it gives your immune system a chance to see human collagen on a regular basis. And all of a sudden, your immune system says, okay, fine. And it stops attacking itself. And so from a conclusion perspective, the things that we look at may not necessarily be where the pain is at. Uh, we may have a misdiagnosis. We may have a lot of things, but we really need to treat the cause of the pain and understand what is there. A lot of what I gave you is just a, a, a lot of information. And again, please consult your pro medical professional or your pharmacist in the ability to uh, tell you, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good deal or no, I don't think it's going to work well with that particular medicine you're on. Maybe you need to change the medicine in order to do something else. But those are things that I, I offer as a, a suggestion to, to help you with pain. Again, I think I had one more slide I wanted to do, Dr. Jacqueline. I should have went there. So let me get my last slide up here where I can talk about me for a second. Uh, I'm at redolofflin.com. Uh, red at redolofflin.com is a good way to reach me. I'm a speaker, uh, author, publisher. A couple of my books are available on Amazon. Most of what I'm talking about today is not in those books because I'm talking about pain. But if I'm talking about anything dealing with aging, longevity, those kinds of things, the, they're in those books. So from that perspective, uh, red at redolofflin.com, R-E-D-O-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N.com. That's a good way. All my contact information is there. Uh, and you can go ahead and let's see how I close that one out. Yep, I can. I'm right back here. So thank you again, Dr. Uh, Jacqueline, for allowing me on the Talking Heads USA Global TV and Radio Network. And next week, I think we're going to be talking about the fat molecule. My my thinking right now is I want to tell talk about what causes fat to go into a fat cell, what causes fat to come out of a fat cell, what causes fat to burn, what stops fat from burning. So if we can talk about those kinds of things, I think we could get a better idea of, you know, why all these things we're doing is not working. I can't get rid of this extra little tire around my middle. I can't lose those extra 15 or 20 pounds. I'm not going to guarantee any solution. All I'm going to do is give you awareness and education. So thank you very much, Dr. Jacqueline, and I'll catch you all next week. Bye now.